Genre. Previously implanted into your ears on immunities. Immunes aren't any more or less likely to be assholes than people used to be. There's just a lot fewer of us. Thee was just telling me rumors of an immune downstate who's kidnapping looker women. Is that our problem? Yesterday, I read a book about ornithology. Tomorrow, I'm reading more. They have me reading books because I can share what I learn with other people. When we're both looking at the sky. Mmm, who's your friend? This is Derek. You'll like him. He's buying. My kind of man. Nice to meet you. Likewise. So, you're a driver? Yeah. Were you carrying anything good to eat? A load of paint, paint thinner. And her at the bar. (laughs) She's kind of thin, too. Looks like she spends a lot of time outside. Courier? That is classified. Ah. Like I said, we have a job we need you to do. By we, you mean the resistance? Yeah. We're running an experiment here. A critical one. And we need your help. My help doing what? I'm not immune. I shouldn't be around lookers. Everybody has to do their part. And these girls are hooded. Keeping them that way is part of your job. So as long as you do your job, you have nothing to worry about. No. No way. I'm sorry, but I just can't do this. Let me out of here. I can't let you out. It's too dangerous. Look, I promise I won't tell anyone about what you're doing here. You can trust me. They cleared me to work in the intelligence building. You would tell. You would have no choice. What do you mean? We're not in the Overlook. What? We're out in the world. There are lookers all over. Maybe 50, 100,000 of them between here and the next safe spot. Lock eyes with any one of them, and they'll have you. Immunities. Episode 3.2. Options. I have worked some crap-ass jobs in my time, but I'd somehow managed to avoid pouring out buckets of actual crap until this one. Even if there hadn't been the kidnapped thing, the fear for my life thing, or the danger of being taken over by aliens thing, emptying those buckets would have been enough to make this the new low point of my work life. Looking back, I'm a little surprised I did the work rather than sitting on the floor and refusing to move. Something Derek said must have stuck with me. Or maybe it was the gun. Or maybe when you walk into a room and there's a girl wearing a fetish hood, showing a mouth but no eyes, who can't do anything for herself unless someone loosens her straitjacket, there's some kind of natural instinct to help her. But the instinct had limits. At previous jobs, I could usually find one or two fun guys or funny girls to help me pass the time. Here, all I had was... Whatever you are trying to do will fail. Unity will prevail, and the altered will remember everything that you do here. When you are one of us, everything you have done will reflect back on you. But I will love you as a sister and help you through it. Shut up! I am just doing my job. In our society, every position promotes the betterment of humankind. What does your job promote? It promotes change! It's important. Take my word on that. It appears that you have taken the word of Derek on that. Tell me, does he seem trustworthy to you? 
<laughs> Even most unaltered do not have the stupidity and blindness necessary for- Shut up! Shut up, shut up, shut up! Or we'll dump this on your bed and you can sleep in your own piss. It did shut her up. For the moment. That was Molly, the longer staying of our two guests. She really had my number. But I guess she knew me well enough to give it a rest when I was about to get physical with her. Molly is more afraid of you than you are of her. And then there was Candace, my nearer neighbor. The one I talked to when I first woke up. She acted nice. Nicer than anyone I'd worked with before. And that scared me a lot more than any of Molly's threats. But on the other hand, she was the only person I could have a conversation with. Why would she be afraid of me? You have total power over her. And she is cut off from the unity. She proclaims its virtue so loudly because she is forgetting what it is like to be in it. I can speak for myself! <sighs> well, if she's so afraid, she should be nicer to me. It is not her nature to react to fear in that way. And by cutting us off from each other, Derek has made us individuals again, so our natures overrule our collective understanding. As was his plan, I am sure. I hadn't asked Derek anything about how this experiment was supposed to work, because A, he didn't encourage it, and I was picking my battles with him, and B, I hoped that not thinking about anything would make those 90 days pass faster. As of day six, the jury was still out on that. So it's in your nature to explain things to me? Well, I have not been here as long as Molly, so perhaps I am still able to act as if I am part of the unity. The truce between the altered and the unaltered dictates that I do what I can to cooperate with you, and to keep you unaltered as long as these are congruent with the greater good. Wonderful. I am sure that further isolation and exposure to Derek's treatments will strip away my communitarian behaviors over time. I do not look forward to this process. So, that's your way of saying you want me to let you go, too? You know that without me telling you. Despite what Molly said in her fear, you are an intelligent woman. See, now I know you're snowing me. Let's have some quiet time for a while, all right? That shut her up for the moment, but of course she'd woke up my doubts. They were harder to keep in place than the girls were, and I didn't even have any booze to help me. In fact, there was nothing to distract myself with but a bunch of cheap paperbacks that looked like they were from a yard sale 20 years ago. But then, I got a surprising offer on that front. Hey, Elle. Yeah, Dee? You've been doing a great job. Having you here has made a real difference. The place looks better, smells much better, and I've been able to get a lot more of my work done. I'm going on a run tomorrow, so if you like... You can take a night off and sleep in the house. It's not much, but it is a real house with real rooms. I'll have to lock you in, but I'm sure you could use a break from this place. Plus, I just put a sixer and a mini of vodka in the fridge so you can unwind. Oh, that sounds amazing. Looking back, I'm surprised he could buy my gratitude so easily. But what surprised me more at the time was to hear myself say... But what about the girls? They've been on their own before. They'll be alright until I get back. As you've seen, there's a whole case of depends in the supply closet. On your last round before you leave, 
Tell them to put them on. They know the drill. The thought of that was gross. The way he said it was gross. The implications were gross. Plus, of course, I was the one who would have to clean up whatever gross mess resulted from my time off. But the thought of kicking back on a couch and tasting that booze was overwhelming. All right, can do. When is this happening? Tomorrow night. Righteous. It was pretty clever on his part. 24 hours was just about the maximum time I could be enthused about the prospect of a night off, without getting distracted by it. And a week would probably have been the point where living in a barn would have seriously gotten to me. Derek was suspiciously good at this. Had he had practice? Something for my bag of unasked questions. They could all wait until I felt safe enough to get nosy, or desperate enough that I couldn't wait any longer. One thing I did keep track of was his driving. I could hear his truck every time it left. Heck, I learned the difference between it and his car, and I'd make a note every time one came or went. If I was asleep, it woke me right up. But I hadn't noticed any relations of his comings and goings to anything else, except sometimes he'd bring supplies when he came back. I couldn't see asking him about any of this, but there was someone else I could. That morning... While I was clipping Candace's wrist together so I could safely take the mittens off the arms of her straitjacket, I told her, Later today, I'm going to give you depends, so I can have a night off. But will you be back? Yes, Derek willing. It has been... better having you here. Was there anyone before me? Not during my time. But what about the others? Molly says that there were no other unaltered, and the previous prisoner, Kelsey, told her the same, and that the prisoner before her, Tyra, who Molly never met, had also said the same. There was only ever Derek before you. What happened to Tyra and Kelsey? They stayed here for a few weeks, Then Derek took them away. Took them away where? We do not know. Yes, you do. I do not. As you can see, my sensory input is severely limited. I can make no intelligent hypothesis. His car, his truck. Do you hear one of them when he brings a new girl in? Yes. And when they leave? No. (sighs) Please don't tell Molly about these questions. May I ask why? I'm afraid of what she'll say about it, including to Derek. She is my sister in the unit... Do you trust her? To keep a secret? You have a point. She has shown signs of instability. I will keep what you asked to myself. (sighs) Okay, good enough. There, that's your hands free. Do your business. Thank you. I hope you enjoy your night off. Thanks. And it is my hope that you do come back. Can you try not being creepy? It is my understanding that the harder one of us tries not to be creepy, the creepier unaltered people find us. And sometimes the creepiest thing about them is that they think about stuff like that. They're not just 
zombie poop machines who exist to make my life hard. They're some kind of twisted version of people. So, anyway, Derek brought up the ladder, and I climbed down. Now, put this on. A blindfold? I swear to God, I won't tell anyone what your house looks like. No, it's not for that. There might be a looker out there somewhere. They don't even have to really see you to change you. It can happen if they're just facing your direction. At night? From miles away? That first light in the sky was at night. And it could have been a trillion miles away. The main reason the overlooked can stay overlooked is that the Earth is round, so if you move far enough away from the lookers, then have a line of sight. Shit. Alright. Great. And here we go. And here we go. Okay, not bad. Maybe a little musty. <laughs> There's some Febreze in the bathroom. Spray to your heart's delight. Thanks. And now you're leaving, right? Yeah. Everything's about where you think it is. Please don't set fire to anything. Otherwise, I'll see you in the morning. Okay. All right. See you. I took my shoes off. The carpet was cheap, bristly, and shallow. But it was like some strange kind of heaven to step on it. I looked in the fridge. Various cheap, easy-to-eat stuff. Definitely a guy fridge. But honestly, better than what I had in mind back home. Oh, Yuck. I hope the resistance threw it all away, or I'll have a science project of my own when I get back. Right at the front was the booze he promised. I decided to take a beer and save the vodka for later. Then I put the can on the little table in the living room and threw myself onto the couch. <sighs> Honestly, the couch was not as good as the one back home, which is ugly but very comfortable. But at the moment, it was bliss to stretch out and lie back like a person. I only got about halfway through the beer when I fell asleep. Wow, one week and I'm a lightweight. Woke up maybe 20 minutes later and felt really good. There was a TV with a DVD player attached. The little shelf next to it was three quarters empty. and What was there were DVDs of rom-coms and superhero movies. I wondered if Derek cleared the rest out that day so I wouldn't see his porn or torture porn or whatever. But I just shrugged and put on the wedding porn and finished my beer. Night went on. I stopped the movie and cooked a grilled cheese on the stove. Again, bliss considering the sack lunches I'd been eating. Finished the movie and felt ready for an early night. I went to the bathroom to take care of everything and lingered for a bit. The toilet in the barn had been much better than what the girls had to put up with, but it was still basically a closet with pipes. This was the real thing. Vanity, medicine cabinet, tissues, liquid hand soap. 
And just as I was having the time of my life on the can, I heard it. Tapping. Something in the pipes. Three short. Three long. Three short. Three long. Not just something in the pipes. It was someone. Sending a message. SOS emergency. Help me. My dad had taught me Morse code. He wasn't that into boats, but he had a thing about the Old West. And when I was nine, he told me all about telegraphs. This was a couple of years before he headed off into the lone prairie, or wherever the fuck he thought he belonged. So, anyway, he taught me, and SOS was always the first bit you learned. I looked around for something hard to tap the pipe, without thinking about what I was doing. I had scissors in my hand before any sensible questions occurred to me. What was my plan and why? Who would be in trouble and why would they be tapping on my pipes? It wasn't Derek. He'd be fine and headed for the open road a couple hours earlier. If he'd stay behind, he was spying on me, not trapped somewhere. So who else would it have been? A girl? A looker girl? Almost certainly. I thought for a second that maybe it was another draftee like me. But no. If there had been one, none of the girls or the girls before them knew about her. No matter what I thought about Derek... Why would he keep a human girl down there for months when he already had one, not to mention also having his hands overfull with looker girls? No. Odds were she was one of them. Or it was Derek, playing a joke or testing me. If any of that was right, what percentage was there in answering the tapping? At best, I get a sob story from an alien— at worst, I get in trouble with Derek or the lookers get loose, which gets him arrested and me zombified. No percentage at all. Ignore it. Drink that vodka. Watch another movie. But I'll be fucked if I didn't start tapping those scissors against the showerhead. Something inside me just couldn't ignore it. I gave the rapid tap, which technically meant clear the line. But... I just wanted them to know someone was listening. They stopped tapping, which is what you're supposed to do when you get the clear the line. But I had no idea what to do next. I'd forgotten all the rest, and just tapping randomly would confuse things. And while I waited, I began to hope nothing happened. That whoever had been tapping got discouraged and kept quiet. Shit. I could tell right away that it wasn't SOS this time, but I had no idea what it was. But whatever it was, I could tell it was repeating. And once again, I started doing something before I decided what I was going to do. I looked all over the house. Four rooms, locked doors that might have been stairs or closets, and I couldn't hear the tapping anywhere else except a little in the kitchen. I found a pen in the kitchen and an old paper manual for a microwave. I sat on the toilet and waited for the tapping to start again. When it did, I wrote on the back of the manual. Dots and dashes and slashes between words, just like Dad taught me. I didn't remember the alphabet, but I guess the grammar stuck with me. I listened three times more and made corrections. Then I was pretty sure I had it down. Looked like maybe a sentence... I didn't know how to ask for more. 
I gave the rapid tap, but when it started again it was different. So I transcribed another message, about as long as the first one, and then another. Pretty soon I only had to hear it twice before moving on. I ran out of blank space on the back of the manual and started filling up the inside anywhere I could fit. I lost track of time. At some point, I filled up the first page of the manual. I poked my head out into the living room to look for more paper and noticed it was starting to get light out. Shit. I had to get to bed. If it didn't look slept in, Derek would get seriously suspicious. I tapped SOS, the only way I could think of to tell whoever it was that I was going away and they should stop. And I took off my jeans, put the manual in the back pocket, and rolled them up so it would be as protected as possible. Then I climbed into bed in my t-shirt and underwear. I had looked forward to that bed so much, and now I had to force myself to try to sleep in it. Good morning, sleepyhead. Apparently, I managed it. Good morning, Derek. Work time already. But I've got some stuff to unload outside, so you can spend a few minutes putting yourself together. Thanks. Pretending to be grateful was easy, because he was out the door before I really remembered what was happening. I looked around the place, and the sunlight had seemed smaller, and even more confined when I noticed the burglar bars on the windows. I hadn't even checked the windows that night. Escape had been off my radar. But then I was up and at him, taking advantage of the bathroom that had thrown a big curveball into my life, just when I didn't need one. By the time Derek got back, I had my poker face on. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Follow me, and keep your eyes on the ground. A looker might drive by, and it would look bad to have you stumbling around blindfolded. Oh, right. Enjoy your night off? Hell yeah. Kind of tough to go back now. Yeah? Don't worry. I've been facing the end of the weekend my whole life. I can handle it. Right. Well, you made it through a week. Just stack one on top of another and you'll reach the end of this. I nodded, walked into the barn, and climbed the ladder. I went back to my room, which looked even more basic and sad than before. But my mind wasn't on that. It was on the old microwave manual folded up in my bra. I looked at the paperbacks on my shelf, and no surprise, there was nothing about Morse code. Not even an encyclopedia or a dictionary. So I looked them over again and chose a copy of The Greek Treasure, because it was big and stood out. I pulled the paper out, stuck it in the middle of the book, and put it back on the shelf. Maybe I'd grow some sense and leave it there. Then it was time to do the rounds with the girls. The physical grossness didn't reach me. I was thinking about the message. Molly gave me the silent treatment, which was fine by me. Candace was a different story. Welcome back. Thanks. There was something about her whole way of sitting that she knew something had changed. I keep wanting to say there was something in her eyes, but of course, I couldn't see her eyes. And then... How was your night at the house? It was fine. If you do not mind me saying so, 
You seem different. Yeah? Well, uh, I guess it's just weird being back here again. That would make sense. And then she clammed up. Just when it seemed like she was on to something. Just when I kind of wanted her to be on to something. I'd brace myself against any questions that she might come up with, but not against that knowing silence. I guess, to the extent I had a plan, it was to smuggle the notes back home when Derek took me back, decode them, and then maybe find someone to tell. But that was so far away. Eighty-three days, twelve more weekends, possibly with more messages— or the same one repeated. And who knows how many chances for Derek to catch on. Walking through all of that without decoding the message would be torture. But on the other hand, whoever sent the message knew Morse. If they were a looker, did that mean they all knew Morse? Candace? Yes, Lorna? I'd like to ask you a question. But I need to know that you would never tell anyone about it, or whatever comes out of it, as long as you live. No, wait, as as long as I live. As long as we're both stuck here. After that, I, I guess it wouldn't matter. So say you won't tell. Of course I would not. Fuck, of course. There's no of course. I hate you, and I hate everyone like you, and you want to escape, and it's my job to keep you here. But I will do my best for you. As long as you do this for me. You are already doing your best for us. Ugh! Do you have to be like that? Like what? Like, can't you even say your? I am completely capable of saying your. It simply does not occur to me to do so. It is contrary to the way my brain operates, much as it would be to lie. I am telling you the truth when I say that I will keep your secret for as long as you wish me to. And although I cannot lie... I can withhold the truth. You have practice doing that? Yes, I do. Mostly from being held here. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay. Well then, do you know Morse code? Morse code? Shh! Yes! You must have heard of it. I have heard of it. I am sorry, your question was... unexpected. Well, do you know it? Yes, I do. The patterns and procedures were transmitted to me via one of our data exchanges. I must admit that I did not expect to ever use that knowledge. So if I read you a message in dots and dashes, you could translate it? I could translate it letter by letter. I am not certain that I could retain an entire message while translating it. That's fine. Wait here. I will. This is crazy. I do not understand. Are you having me translate a message involving the resistance? I don't know. I won't know until you tell me what it is. It seems as if this could get you into a great deal of trouble. You don't have to tell me... Perhaps you are in trouble already. Nearly as much as Molly and I are in. And I have to find out, okay? I'll give you a letter's worth. You tell me the letter, and I'll write it down. 
And where did this message come from? Never mind about that. Dash, dot, dot. D. Dash, dash, dash. O. Dash, dot, dash, dash. Y. And as we went along, dash, 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 it took shape on the paper. Plain as day. Dot, dot, dash. Each message was a sentence. Um, dash, dot, dash. Do you understand me? N. Dash, dot, dot. I will continue anyway. D. Dot. My name is Kelsey Habchick. Dot, dash, dot. I'm a prisoner in the basement. Dot, dot, dot. Derek has done terrible things to me. T. Please tell someone. Dot, dash. N. There were 47 messages. D. 47 sentences. M. And one of those paperbacks on my shelf... Wouldn't have filled two pages, but it was enough to make my cheeks feel hot, like my blood would burst from my face. When she said terrible things, she meant it. Stuff out of Holocaust shows or a story about alien abduction. To her skin, to her insides, done with tools, with chemicals, with gloves, with parts of his body... I kept reading the code, and Candace kept answering. I wanted to stop. I had enough letters now that I could decode the rest without her, but I couldn't just take it all into myself. I had to share it, even if it meant that Candace learned the truth. The truth. What was the truth? The Resistance would never order Derek to do this stuff. Would they? Even to save the world? How could they believe this would save it? Even if one of these things turned Kelsey Habcheck normal again, how could it get us the planet back? Eight billion lookers weren't going to sit still while we tortured them. Maybe the Resistance had sent Derek, but they hadn't realized everything he would do. Or maybe it was all a lie. The lookers trying to turn me against him and make me betray the Resistance. But the lookers couldn't know that I was here— They'd have shut this place down by now, if they knew about it. Wouldn't they? My whole world was turning into quicksand. Maybe Derek lied, and we were in the Overlook. If I let the girls go, they'd convert everyone I knew. I'd be a traitor, the new Carrie Cray. Only worse. She'd had an excuse of being an Alpha. I'd never really bought that stuff about how Alphas have no choice. But at least they have a reason. For me, it would be... Why? What was my reason? Because a looker told me a story that made me mad? Lorna? What? Was that the last message? Oh. Yes, it was. What are you going to do? I'm going to think about this. About... everything. And you're going to keep your promise. Indeed, I will. I will keep this all secret while we are here. No matter what. Thank you. That no matter what might get pretty intense. I know. Well, neither of you need to worry about that. Oh, shit. Molly, you heard? I heard enough. Then you have to keep it secret as well. I have to do no such thing. Lorna did not give me her trust, so I owe her no loyalty. Molly, please, do as she says. Mm -hmm. 
No! Do not do that! I... I cannot even understand it anymore. I am losing touch, just like Kelsey did before Derek took her away. I have to get out of here. Lorna is going to think about that. Lorna hates us. Lorna just wants to get away from us. Stop thinking that she will think like us about the greater good. She is one of them. She will only think of herself. I do not think that is true. Then you are not thinking. So I will think for both of us. I can hear Derek's truck. When he gets here, I will tell him the truth. Telling the truth is always for the good. And it will set me free. You've been listening to Immunities, episode 3.2, Options, written and directed by Bob J. Kester. It featured, in order of appearance, Annalise Kennedy as Lorna, Marjorie Muller as Molly, Kelsey Jaffer as Candace, and Jake Van Hoorn as Derek. Immunities was recorded by Stephen Moore. Lisa Cohen, Joseph Page, and Tasha Robinson assisted in development. The Immunities theme music is Moving On by Ars Sonore. You can find more of her work on Bandcamp and Spotify. This episode also features the instrumental version of the song I Know Where You've Been by Forget the Whale. You can find more of their music at freemusicarchive.org. Special effects are from the freesound.org collection. Other development assistance was provided by Evanston's Firehouse Grill, Backstage, Performink, and Dueling Genre Productions makers of the Geek by Night audio drama and many fun pop culture podcasts. The Immunity series image is Conformity by Fraun Fraun. That's all one word. F-R-A-U-N, F-R-A-U-N. The episode image is Give Me Comfort by Marina Church. That's first name, M-A-R-I-N-A, last name, C-O-R-I-C. You can find other artwork by both of them on Instagram and DeviantArt. For more information, including a glossary of terms, scripts, and a complete list of the sound effects used, check out our website at immunitiesdrama.com. You can also leave us a small payment there using our digital tip jar. Immunities is copyright 2017 by Bob J. Kester. All rights reserved. This is Bob J. Kester. I hope you'll join us for episode 3.3, Choices. And I hope that your choice is to support Immunities by reviewing us on iTunes and following us on Twitter at Immunities Drama or as Immunities on Facebook. Reviews and social media mentions are a great way to help others find the podcast. We'd love to hear from you and also to help you to hear each other. Until next time, goodbye. Dueling Genre